Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is the place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Hi there, welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is episode 035, 35 and counting. And thank you so much for joining us for in the community for another one of our episodes. This is, of course, the Photography Lifestyle Podcast. And I, I like to think of it as a place where those of us who are diehard enthusiasts who eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff come together to to talk shop at least once a week and uh, learn, share, and grow together in our photography paths, learning paths, that is. So thank you so much for joining. My name is Linford Morton. My friends call me Lynn, and so you call me Lynn. We are off to an interesting, I think, uh, episode this week. We're just going to talk again. And... Uh, it is uh, going to be titled How to Achieve Perfection in Your Photography. Got some ideas there and a framework that I sort of come up with, the perfection triangle, dun, 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 um, that I'd want to share with you and, and hopefully give us some ways to think about um, our photography as we strive to be the best we can be. All right. Um, but before we get going, what uh, what's happened this week? So this week, you might have noticed on if you at least in the United States, we had a lot of coverage about this being the ten year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, the the hurricane that, and then the man made disaster, uh, engineering failures that wiped out almost wiped out the city, and. Uh, I sort of looked on at all the the anniversary, uh, I guess, coverage from most of the major networks and great interest, and, and mostly because it was very personal for me. Uh, I'm going to talk about me for a minute, and if you guys don't mind, just indulge me for a moment. Because my family um, lived in New Orleans at the time, and my parents lived in New Orleans and lost everything during that hurricane. So I, you know, this was sort of a person I sort of looked on and it brought back a lot of memories seeing the coverage. Uh, my parents got out of the city before the hurricane actually came. My sister lives in Houston at the time. And so I think that Friday when they announced that the hurricane was on the way, they packed up enough things for a weekend and went out to Houston to spend the weekend. Because, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that these warnings, and one of the reasons it was so devastating was because these warnings came for hurricanes before Many times, and nothing ever happened. So you know what happens if, sort of like the boy who cried wolf, they say, oh, big hurricane's coming through, everyone get out, and everyone runs out, and nothing happens. And they do this three, four, five every year. So by the time it really happens, people really weren't taking it that seriously. So anyway, my parents packed up about three days' worth of clothes because they expected to be right back. And, of course, the 
when the levees broke, it came through and the water line was about seven feet high in the house when we finally came back. I may share a couple of pictures on the show notes of what our house looked like. It was absolute devastation. Now, now we're going to bring this back to photography, you know, and, and it's like of all the things we lost and we lost everything in that house. Uh, my parents actually ended up just relocating to Houston of all the things we lost, the thing I, 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 I miss most and that I'm most hurtful, uh, hurt over is my pictures. So many of you know my dad was my dad is a photographer, and growing up, my, my childhood was so well documented, maybe because I was the first, as uh, one of our guests a couple episodes back pointed out, um, or maybe it's just, you know, he just liked taking pictures, but I was very well documented growing up, and we there were just, you know, piles and piles of photo albums of just about everything growing up, and because they didn't expect that Every, we'd lose everything and they expected to be back in three days. No one had the presence of mind to take those. And so those were all washed away. And, and that's sort of the biggest ache as a, as a, a now a second generation photographer to have lost all those photographs, you know, everything else we've been able to replace, but the photographs are gone forever. And, um, you know, that's life. And so the good thing, the good news for us today is you want to back up your stuff because you never know what might happen. You know, they say, what if a fire comes and burns up all of your hard drives in your home and you're like, oh, that'll never happen. Well, let me tell you, things happen. So you want to find out a way. The, the smart people say back up your, your images in at least three places, um, one online, one in your home, and then one in another physical location outside of the home. So that you don't have any single point of failure so that if if tragedy ever god forbid befalls you you wouldn't have uh, the loss we had to endure not just of things because things come back but think memories memories you want to always hold on to those i even lost my photos that i went back uh, right after and i took pictures of what the house looked like and i you know and, and here is the the second warning because i took some photos that i really in light of of the house and the devastation as i saw it and even as us as we had to don the hazmat suits and masks and all that stuff just to go into the home because of all the the mold and mildews in there and i had a a about because uh, this was 10 years ago maybe about seven or eight years ago my hard drive crashed with all the photos i had and i lost them all too so you know lost double there so when i say back up your images i'm speaking from experience because you never know when you might lose everything well, that's the thing about New Orleans, and that's one of the reasons I go back every year. Every spring, I try and hold a week long, weekend long rather, photo excursion, and I'll be doing that again um, next year. So, if you're interested in going back and seeing the new New Orleans, then make sure you you come on out and join us for that because it's it's a lot of fun and it's my personal way of of continuing to give back to the city I love there as well. All right. All right. So this episode, I, I'm talking about how to achieve perfection in your photography. I was talking with a client. I was doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching this past week, and he was telling me about it in his um 
in his camera club and then invited me out to speak. And they said in the camera club, they also will ask you to judge some of the photo contests. And, and then as I was asking, you know, what kinds of photographs do you guys take? He said, mostly, mostly travel, uh, mostly uh, landscape photography kind of a thing. I said, okay, that's cool. He says, well, you know, they're all obsessed with being perfect. And that got me thinking. Now, I, I must confess, inside I scoffed, like, what's perfect? And the reason I scoff is because so many photographers I've seen who obsess over being perfect only obsess over being technically perfect. And, and by that I mean they are looking at all the pixels. These, these are the pixel peepers. They want to make sure that everything is technically um, just, uh, you know, just pristine. And often when you do that, you, sometimes you can do that and still have a photograph that has no life or no, 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 no impact or no anything. But as long as all the pixels are there, they're happy. And, uh, you know, for me, that would not be a perfect photograph. So I thought, you know, why not talk about perfection and the strive for the perfect photograph? Now, the reason I I, I sort of bristle at the idea of just being technically perfect because to me that sort of, sort of works, feels like an extreme, feels like extremism. And I'm reminded of, of a quote, uh, well, a philosophy of Aristotle, he's, uh, the golden mean, it's, philosoph- it's, it's this philosophical um, principle that says the golden mean is the desirable middle between two extremes, one of excess and one of deficiency. And for example, in, in Arist- Arist- you know, Aristotle's view, for instance, courage is a virtue, but if you take it to excess, it manifests itself in recklessness. And in deficiency, it's cowardice. So even something good in excess can be a deficiency. Pixel or being looking, being overly technical, while it's a good thing in excess, I think can be a deficiency. This is why the pixel peepers get so much uh, derision from from other photographers when you look about on when you look online. So for me, the perfect image is more than just about pixels. So I I sort of expanded the paradigm to mean the balance of three different ideals, and I'll call this the perfection triangle. This is just some ideas that I'm going to throw out that occurred to me as I thought about this. So in my triangle, the goal is not to rely too heavy on any one of the three ideals because we don't want to be extreme. If you do well with two, I think you're on your way to a great photo, and you master all three, then you'd be pretty doggone close to perfection. Now... Perfection, of course, is something we strive for, but let me let me just explain the 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 triangle. So this here are the three ideals in my perfection triangle. One is, of course, is the technical. You've got to get that right, you know. And as much as we 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 say, hey, don't be extreme, you still have to get it right. This, but this is when we look at exposure and lighting and composition all the things that maybe probably more so exposure and, and, and lighting than, than anything else and and the technical means that 
a technical photograph is important, right? A photograph that isn't properly exposed draws attention to itself for the wrong reasons. We always want to get the light right. We want to get the exposure spot on. We want to make sure that our subject is well lit and, is well lit and we use um, the light either to enhance or to create a mood or to do something. But we, we, want, we got to get that part right. So don't get me wrong. This, that, this is very important. And this is why we spend a lot of time when you start learning photography Try to make sure you master that. Master how you how you um, read exposure and how you creatively get that from your camera. Whether in ma- you're in manual mode or one of the ex- the priority modes, but you got to get that right. And so that's the probably the first thing you want to struggle with when you begin photography is getting the technical right. The second in the three points of my the triangle is the impact, which I define as the story and emotion. Now, while the technical makes sure the photo is right, the impact is what makes us stop and look. Because you can have a photograph that is technically proficient that is sort of boring and non-inspiring. So we need the impact, and and I talk about like both these in my my half day workshop when they, you know, sort of like the intro ish to, to ten steps to great pictures. We talk about the technical part, then we come back to when then we end with the impact because one without the other, I just always felt was just um, you know selling yourself short. The impact makes us stop and look. The impact is the story. What are you trying to say with that photograph, and what is it saying to me as I look at it? And the impact also increase, includes the emotion. What do I feel when I see it? And do I feel anything? If you look at the Pulitzer Prize winning photographs of the last 50 plus years, and in Washington, D.C., they're in the museum, which is the Museum of News. There's a whole wing with just the Pulitzer Prize photographs and then the stories of the photographers who shot them. And I, I love going through there. I took my, my photo camp teenagers through there this summer because this is where you really see the best of the best in terms of emotional storytelling. And every one of the, you don't just, you know, sometimes you see pictures in a museum and you can just skate by and just, you know, keep walking and keep walking. Oh, no, not there. You've got to stop and look when you see every one of those photographs and take it in and see what's going on. And, you know, that's that's impact. Um, I think Mark's um, one of our previous speakers, I think Mark Stein, what is his name? Um I'm blanking out his name. I'm so sorry, Mark. But anyway, he talked about if I can do something with the image to make someone just stop and spend a few more seconds with it, that's close to success. And this is really what I'm talking about. Um, I, I think of it in terms of storytelling because our, our brains are wired to receive stories and to remember stories. Because people have, for, for thousands of years have been using stories to relate concepts emotions um, and, and, and lessons from generation to generation. Stories thrive on, 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 on conflict and characters and mood and setting and all these things. And, and while we generally think of storytelling as a, as a writing tool, you can certainly use all these same tools in your photography.
And even if you aren't telling stories in that literal sense, you can create the sort of impact, even with, you know, curiosity or just creating something that makes me look and makes me think. So the second thing is the impact of storytelling and emotional storytelling. And it reminds me of this quote I found from David Duchemin. Um, He says, make me care, hook me, fascinate me, make me laugh or cry, create some experience in me that makes me feel something. But for the love of Ansel Adams, don't let that something be indifference or boredom or apathy. So number two was storytelling and emotion or impact. Number three in the triangle is time and place. Now, sometimes it's about where you are. Let's be honest. And when you get there, I, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at some of the national geographic images and I say, I tell you what, you drop me into that location for 30 minutes. I bet you I can come back with something breathtaking like that as well. And then sometimes it's about finding the great locations and then making art from that. Sometimes it's about when you get there and that's, you know, part of the whole great light discussion, right? You rather be there when the light is great at an average location, the when, or you want to go to a place, you know, where it's just breathtakingly beautiful. There is, um, I forget who it is, so I, I can't give them credit, but someone, a blog I was reading, one of the photographers said, if you have $1,000 to spend, rather than buying a lens, invest in experiences. What they say is you spend that money and go somewhere new and interesting. Because this, it will help you because it's giving you something Something to shoot, something, something f- from which you can create a new and impactful art. And, and many of that is just being in the right place at the right time. And some of this, too, it's not just in terms of going somewhere exotic, but this is, you know, goes back to the, the news, Pete, the news, um, the Pulitzer Prize photos. You know, a lot of that is they just, you know, a guy happened to be across the street from, a federal building when a bomb, you know, scoops out half of it like an ice cream scooper and happens to show up with his camera when a, you know, a fireman is coming out with a baby draped in blood. That's time and place. Now, he also had to get things technically right and he had to get the right moment with it and, and, and compose it so that it tells a story. But a lot of what made that photograph impactful is where he was and what was happening. So, it's really about going where the action is, and we we try and do a lot of that. For, for instance, with our photo walks, and um, when we take photo excursions to different places, we're looking for that. Going to somewhere where something different, um, where we can see something different, or where something different is happening. Time and place is the third of the three. So. In this triangle, I'm going to 
say that, you try and get a balance of all three if you're looking for the perfect photograph. But you know that it's not always possible. You know, sometimes, a lot of times, perfection is about control. When you can control all the elements, you can get closer to perfection. When I can control the light, when I can control the, the subject, when I can control the location, when I can control everything, I can, I can make sure that picture is perfect. But often we don't get to control everything. We all know that photography is about, is about trade-offs. If you're working, your client really gives you the perfect time or place, but they want perfect pictures. And so you've got to do it, you know, with technical proficiency and also um, in making an impact, making impact. But you don't get to pick the location often. And, and sometimes you don't get all three. Bambi Cantrell, who's a photographer, who is an instructor now, she her philosophy is that we aim to to photograph perfectly, but under the circumstances you're given. And that's the other thing I think is missing when the the pixel peepers sort of in a vacuum try and judge where their photograph is perfect without taking into consideration what are the circumstances that this photographer is shooting in. Because while it might not be quote unquote perfect, it might be perfect for that location. It might be perfect for that situation. And, um, you know, you got to give them credit for that. Is any one better than the other in the triangle? Like any one of the three? I don't, I don't, th- I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's like, like any triangle you, you are looking for, you know, you you change the combination to get very, to get different effects, but all three are important. And if you get two really strong, you know, you have a great picture, but if you get three, then you're, you're on your way. You know, this is why you always hear expression over perfection. And, and, and that's sort of, I think, a, a way of talking about this concept. You will read about expression over perfection that your photograph might not be perfect, meaning you might have a couple blown pixels. But if you get the right expression of a bride when she looks at her husband, of a baby when it when it gurgles back at mom, if you get the right expression, Man, your viewers will forgive a whole lot of technical flaws because the photograph then is about the impact, right? It's about time, place. It's about storytelling and emotional impact. You've got strong things going on there. And so sometimes we can forgive if you're strong in two other areas. But if you're only strong in one area, then it's it sort of, you know, topples over, I think. So... I'm going to close with another quote from David Duchemin. He says, I often find myself telling students, I feel like one or another of the images is incomplete. It feels like they've created a great stage in which there's no characters. Or it feels like there are characters on the stage, but there's no action. I like that because it, it sort of captures what I wanted to share with you today, that sometimes... The photo feels incomplete. Like sometimes we'll be walking around when I'm, you know, doing a, cl- a class and we'll see something that looks really great, really a- an interesting um, scene. And we'll all go, wow, we ought to be able to do something with that. And at some point, it sort of we come to the realization that, you know, that's a good stage. It's a good background. But by itself, it's not enough. We need characters, and which is why you'll hear a lot of street photographers say, you get a good background, you stop and you wait for something to happen there. And so you might spend an hour just waiting for the right person to come by or the, in the right, you know, colors or the right, you know, pace or the right look. 
but you know that what you have is an empty stage in that in that scene and you need characters to bring it to life or you might find great characters and you zoom in so tight on that you don't have the stage and you have no context and so there's so many ways of thinking about this but i i, I just want you in your when you're thinking about perfection when you're judging your photographs in obsessing over perfect photos, when you're taking photographs and you're thinking about what will make this better or more perfect, that you look for a balance of not just the technical, but also impact and also time and place. And I think with those three, if you get those three, you're well on your way to getting something that's really special. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for sort of listening to, the, to these thoughts. It's just something that came to me this week. I'm, I'm always interested in hearing what you think. I mean, did I capture everything? Um, share in the comments for this episode 35. If you go to the bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash shutterbuglife035, it should take you right there. And tell me what you think. And... If you have other ideas, I'd like to hear those too. Uh, it's sort of interesting that you know we can you know get a dialogue going here and sort of talk about what we all look for or strive for on the way to getting that perfect photograph. All right, so remember this is uh, episode thirty-five. The Bitly link is bit.ly forward slash shutterbug life zero three five. If you like what we're doing here, I'm going to encourage you to subscribe by going to shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe. You can also subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, and if you're there and you subscribe and you like what we do, I'd also encourage you to leave a review because that's how we share with the rest of the world what's going on in our community and help us get the resources to do even bigger and better things. Keep the conversation going during the week by joining our Facebook group. Go to fb.shutterbuglife.com. It'll take you right there. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area, join our meetup group. Meet up with us in the Shutterbug Excursions meetup group. If you go to shutterbugexcursions.com or meetup.com forward slash Shutterbug Excursions, you'll get there. And of course, I teach in Washington, D.C., both individual one-on-one private coaching as well as photo tours for small groups. You can find out more about that at phototourdc.com. All these links are going to be on the show notes, folks, so don't feel like if you didn't get them, you've missed out because I'll have links there as well. All right. Thank you so much. Talk to you again next week as we begin the week. And until then... Enjoy your Shutterbug life. Take care. <laughs>